Episode 107, Redley Frederick here, JD, Colin, Joey, the three of us are all together on this extremely cold morning. Well, Joey, is it cold where you are? No, it's actually quite nice. Let's see, what is the weather? What are we talking about here? Uh, it is 58, apparently. <sighs> Colin, let's kill this man. <laughs> <laughs> kill him and steal his warmth. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm wrapped in a blanket. It's I have just got over the latest uh, snowstorm here. I didn't have power on Friday fr- Friday night. No, it was like oh, Saturday oh, morning. Yeah, so that was fun. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be a nice day for me. Going to be in hit seventy. Yep, two to five feet of snow across the weekend. But it was a good weekend to play a couple of the games that we're coming for this podcast. Joey is your theme pick today because each and every podcast episode, a host will pick a. Uh, themed name and pick a couple games joey what was yours today and what are the two games we're covering the theme was was it enough and we're covering pokemon gold and silver and madden 2005 okay and how'd you come to the conclusions of those two games well i know we played madden 2004 last year and you guys played pokemon red and blue before so i wanted to see if the game after the generation after was enough change to be worth buying or getting into so more so grading on it did the game do enough for it to be on its own or is it really worth getting it or going to the previous one yeah i love this theme idea it's kind of similar to how we when we did a sequel episode uh that was kind of the way i was kind of looking at uh evaluating those games and honestly <laughs> i just got through playing a sequel recently and that's really my mindset when i start playing sequels of games that i really like i'm like was this enough to warrant am i satisfied with with the second iteration of said game yeah i can see that i've had that with a few others i mean some were some were better some were worse some were equally good yeah and on a side note, uh, guys, Microsoft bought a thing. <laughs> yes, they did. What do we think Another of this news, thing? The sky is blue. <laughs> Joey? Any I thoughts know, over cool. the thing? We'll see how it plays out. I mean, I don't think Microsoft acquiring anything has been too bad. <clears throat> so maybe they can fix the shitty culture that Activision and Blizzard had. Maybe it seems like uh, people are still going to be in power or they're going to be given a very large severance pay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what I would honestly do unless they're like the sole purpose for a game. I think they shall probably be cleared out with the kind of shitty culture they've created. Yeah, And, and if they were pinnacle to a game, I think you should just have him 
them transfer knowledge and then kick them out because <laughs> you don't need that shit. Like you don't need that toxicity, especially in already a toxic uh, industry. Right. Creating games. So to be even shitty for even a shitty industry is, is something in itself. Well said, well yeah. said. As for the video game side of it, uh, as a PlayStation guy, this this actually, with my fandom, it doesn't affect me too much outside of, like, Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> but they already came out with a new game, so I'm pretty satisfied with that for the next, I guess, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what... Although, Crash Bandicoot 4 was very good. I had a, just a ton of fun with that game, so I, w- I wouldn't uh, be opposed to a sequel. The... Thing, things like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, the the mainstays of what Blizzard Activision are, I don't play those in the first place, so they just don't affect my fandom. Now, for a lot of people, uh, my kind of interpretation of it is it sure seems like Microsoft is just going to keep Activision Blizzard doing their thing in the video game industry. They might come out with new properties that'll be exclusive to Xbox, but as for the mainstays like a call of duty that's across everything that make a ton of money it would be a foolish move to isolate uh, a game of that caliber at this point in time yeah i think this is a great way for microsoft to play both sides oh playstation is doing better well we have these games on there so we're making money when they make money right yeah from a financial standpoint uh, console war standpoint um it's not i don't think it's going to be as <laughs> Uh, big as <laughs> people have made it out to be so far. Yeah, but I also think Microsoft kind of doesn't really care about console war anymore. Well, no, they've already I think, lost. <laughs> I think this more goes into beefing up their streaming and their their uh, game pass. So I think they're making steps to make that even better that maybe they'll start offering it across multiple platforms. One can dream. Yeah, they they really seem adamant about this Netflix model with video games. I, I I mean, I've spoken at nausea about how I feel about it and the kind of culture that will and has gone around it. The uh, I mean, I we have seen PlayStation trying to make strides to improve PlayStation Now and their service and what they're doing. It's going to take a long time for them because they operate on a much smaller scale. Uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, first things and foremost for PlayStation, they need to get more PS5s out there. It's still a disaster at this point in time. Uh, I just constantly have to reiterate that I have money to buy this thing and I can't buy it. <laughs> it's very irritating. You have any thoughts over all this, Colin? Not really. I haven't really been paying attention to it, but I, I do agree with everything Joey said. Just Hope they'll hope there will be some change at Activision Blizzard when once the once everything's finalized, unless it already has been finalized. I'm not really paying attention. Mm, shame on you. Too busy trying to. I'm too busy trying to stay warm on the job to think about <laughs> it. It's uh, what icy hot's for. Wait, that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, well, spe- speaking of work, uh, just to just to relate to you a bit, Colin here, uh, at, at work it's extremely cold and I've been working on the top floor where there's no heat. So, you know, that's that's good times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, very cold. The well, back, from, 
back to the sequel part of video games. Time for me to update you guys on some games I've been playing that aren't okay. podcast related. I have been really into these relaxing short stint of games. I have played a little bit more of Inscription. Uh, I finally did buy my own copy. Uh, Epic Game Store. I do feel dirty. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) The Epic Game Store has definitely improved. Um, I bought a game Uh, on there and I'm like, oh my god, they have a a cart you can add to now. Oh my god. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I I too had to buy a game on Epic, but I'll get to that when you're done. Yeah. Did you need to take a shower afterwards like I did? Yeah, I forgot what how I logged into it, and I just really hate Epic. <laughs> I wish this game was on other platforms. So, well, so Epic got me. They they're just like, oh, if you just sign up, re-sign up your email, and then immediately <laughs> click out of it, you'll get a ten dollar coupon. I was like, oh, fine. <laughs> so I ended up buying inscription. Played a little bit of that. No, no further thoughts since last time. Uh, when it first came out, it's a horror card game with extremely interesting, fun elements, good atmosphere, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'll beat that eventually. The relaxing games I was playing, I played and and I played this almost twice through because I wanted to do a bunch of weird new shit. Was Untitled Goose Game? If you remember, that was a big, uh, big in popularity when that came out. Kind of uh, went viral <laughs> in a weird way. You guys remember Untitled Goose Game? Yeah. 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 So I played that through almost twice. It's very short. You could beat it in like an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. Uh, And then goof around with it. Goose around, if you will. (laughs) Ah, ah, Stop me. Uh, No, it's more like honk, honk. Ah, God, I'm on a roll. Woo. Okay. Uh, And then I played uh, Donut County. It's not how I remembered it. I remembered it kind of being more like Untitled Goose Game, but it has a lot more story in it <laughs> than I remember. A uh, guy's got a cell phone and it's got this interdimensional <laughs> skills where you just could plop a hole on and everything sinks down to the hole. Very relaxing. I've been feeling uh, my sleep schedule is just totally off. So I'm just like, oh, I can't sleep, but I can sleep. Throw on some Donut County. Good stuff there. Very relaxing. I do recommend it. Uh, especially those two games. And then, last but not least, I beat Dead Space 2. Yes, and? Uh, so, recap some of my thoughts from the the first time, it was in the last episode, where I went along the lines that the environment felt too open, I didn't feel as scared as last time, the atmosphere wasn't as dreary, although, as you stated, Colin, the uh, how the environment was put together where it feels like people have lived there makes it more relatable, and that's a different kind of fear. I spoke about how I missed the cramped, enclosed space of the Ishimura, the spaceship. Well, lo and behold, you end up going back to the Ishimura, and... <laughs> it's exactly what I wanted. Everything was like in these weird quarantine things, creepy sounds and shits happening. The this whole scene when you're in the like the train port area of the Ishimura, where things are just just a million things are coming at you. Way better. That really brought me back in. I absolutely love that part. 
there is a couple instances where I think the enemies swarm you, uh, where you just you're, you're forced to essentially run. Maybe that's on purpose, but I did find myself running out of ammo way too much uh, because of those sections. Huh? So I just ended up running through. Maybe that's on purpose. Maybe that was a game design where you're supposed to do that. I don't know. Uh, didn't really love it either way because I would rather be forced to fight these things, but not in the way it, I guess, was designed for. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the ending sequence was very much like the first one, which was one of my big criticisms of the first game. I was like, oh, come on. Uh, the ending boss was very wacky. I ended up dying yeah. way too much. You go into his own mind to fight a swarm in a circle where you can't really avoid getting the shit kicked out of you, which is kind of annoying. So I ended up going back to a save, reloading up on a bunch of the machine gun ammo. I forget the name of the gun exactly. It's like a pulse rifle, I think, maybe? I think so. Whatever it's called. It's the machine gun, basically. And I essentially just loaded up my entire inventory with machine gun ammo and spammed the piss out of it, and then it was easy. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, because I, I went into the final boss battle without that gun, so I was just single-firing things, line guns, not very effective in that environment. Not good. So the game kind of forced... It, I felt like it forced me to use the machine gun and the machine gun only. Like, nothing else was working. Uh, detonators didn't work. Line guns weren't working uh, as effective as they should because these creatures, like, you can't really aim. They, they jump around and hop so much you can't really aim for their arms and legs. So whatever. Uh -huh. The one-hit kill system was pretty brutal with uh, what's-her-face coming at me. <laughs> she would just teleport and be in front of me before I knew it. I was like, oh, come on. But regardless, uh, the end was kind of got me with he looks over and you kind of almost... Like, even he, the character, was expecting creepy ex-girlfriend <laughs> staring at him again. And then he <laughs> just goes, what? I'm like, okay, all right. Kind of rolled my eyes at that one, but I did smile. Uh, very good game. I still have the first one is better because the it's, it really came down to how I felt about how the first half played. Okay. Yeah, I th I'd give it B plus, ty that type area. Well, I gave the first Dead Space uh, yeah. an A. So I'm not, I, it may sound like I'm being overcritical, but I'm directly comparing it to the first game. And I, I think that's relevant to even our topic today. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've, I think I figured out why we have opposite opinions on that. It's that you're more into horror than I am. True. I mean, horror is not really something I go out of my way to play, but I, I much more prefer action, which is what. Dead Space 2 provided more of, so I guess that's why I It's kind of like the Resident I, Evil I 4 argument, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think of the needle in the eye bit? That was uh, interesting, <laughs> where I still don't quite <laughs> get it, where it's stick a needle in his eye, hope you don't die situation. There, there was weird yeah, instances of comedy in the game, and yeah, you're, so Joey, are you familiar with Dead Space 2 at all? No. Okay. So there's a sequence where the okay. So the main character's brain has the ability, like they if they access his brain, they can build the super alien uh, infection marker thing. And so in order to 
I guess, destroy it. He has to go into this machine that coincidentally was not destroyed <laughs> at all. <laughs> and lines up a giant needle to go right through his eye and poke his brain. What that does exactly, I guess it installs a virus in the marker itself. I Is that what I'm supposed to think, Colin? I honestly don't know. I just know it was like accessing all like the like blueprints or what have you data that was basically radiated into his mind from a previous marker and then extracted by the machine or some such thing. It's right, but that's how they were supposed to it. build it. I didn't really understand the destruction part of it all, but I you know if I build yeah, it, I can also tear it down. I guess that's the idea. Yeah. It's been years since I played it, so I don't really remember what the the function of that was. Yeah, so you stick a needle in his eye, it's destroyed, and then it's uh, it's the, you know what? I didn't really like the ending sequence that much either, where I'm just running through the hallways and there's the uh, necromorph that can't die chasing after me. I get the feeling it was supposed to be more scary than it was, but it was more irritating because if you so get this, you can destroy its arms and legs, and it will. Uh, grow them back pretty quick, <laughs> almost too quick. So then, because there's also other enemies swarming you, this is another instance where it seems like you just have to run through the doors to get to the next area. But if you run through it too fast, you can. There was an, there was two instances where I was turned around trying to see if they were coming from behind. The door opens, and I turn around, and the monster's there again, even though I was just looking at it. <laughs> Uh, with with all of its arms and legs gone. I'm like, oh, come on, game. No teleportation of enemies. That's annoying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's that was clearly to prevent you from running through the doors over and over again without, fight, without any sort of fighting. Uh, gotcha. Didn't love that. The, the first game kind of did that stuff, too. So I guess, I guess when <laughs> I think about it, all of my complaints of the first game, that just wasn't for me came back in the second one and then a le- less atmosphere that I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. Fair enough. Played the first 30 minutes of the third one. Pretty wild. City under siege. Way different. I'm loving it so far. I uh, didn't expect... Actually, I kind of did expect the main character to be absolutely like mentally unstable. <laughs> he has every right to be. <laughs> well... The ending kind of showed he's a little less unstable than before. That the ending of Dead Space Two, I mean, because he didn't have the vision of the necromorph. Instead, it was just the the chick he'd been talking to over walkie-talkie the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in uh, how Dead Space Three started was super different. Uh, I definitely like the beginning more than the second game for sure so far. Like, if you want to do different, do different. And Dead Space Theory is definitely doing different. Yeah. That's all. I guess uh, I guess I'll guess i update on Dead Space 3 the more I go through it, maybe. I'm kind of in... I'm kind of wanting to start some other games now, continue my kind of loosely relaxing games. I'm not sure how I feel about Pokemon Arceus, Arceus, however you want to play that. Have you guys seen any of Ar- Arceus yet? No. I've only heard about it vaguely. Imagine Zelda Breath of the Wild environment 
with monster hunter mechanics that aren't any good. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I, I I got to play a little bit of it, like essentially a demo, and I'm like, okay, this is, I think the game everyone wanted for Sword and Shield. <laughs> <laughs> the there's no badges or anything. You just it, it's. I heard someone say it's like Pokemon Snap if it was interesting. <laughs> I go, okay, yeah, I could see that. Because you're just essentially traveling through an open world in different uh, environments, grass, wind, water, fire, all that. Uh, and then you just catch Pokemon. The fighting is still like exactly the same. There's no animations, which was a major complaint at this point in time of every Pokemon game. Like, why can't we just animate these things happening? So you're just in an open world, your Pokemon comes out, you fight them, you can also lure them with berries and stuff. It's, and I, you know what, I think that Pokemon Snap, but interesting, is kind of a an apt argument for it. But there's no badges? There's no badges, there's stars that you collect by completing tasks in the world. So you research Pokemon, you look at them, you do some stuffs, <laughs> you can catch some, and you get your stars hey. That seems stupid. They need badges. <laughs> that was one big complaint. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. I don't knock anything for being different. I just don't think it's uh, executed all that well uh, for doing it. I'm I'm not completely impressed with what this Pokemon Arceus is. Not yet, anyways. Maybe maybe it'll grab me. I'm, I haven't. Like I said, I've pretty much only played like a long demo version. <laughs> Do you think it's worth 60 bucks? Uh, well, right now, no. <laughs> maybe maybe Megan would like it. She does like kind of Animal Crossing type stuff. Maybe. I'll Co- see. Collecting. Not, 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 it's, not a, it's definitely not a stressful game. <laughs> that's for sure. Colin, any thoughts over Pokemans? Uh, no, no, I do not keep up with it at all. I've long since stopped. Oh, this is coming from the guy that just recently beat sword <laughs> Pokemon sword. <laughs> I was like, ah, I kind of uh, just yeah. played this because <laughs> the Pokemon sword open, really... open environments are very much kind of the same of what we're seeing in this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't had the time or patience for playing Pokemon games in years, so don't go don't go to me for any Pokemon opinions because they're completely uninformed. All right, fair enough. Joey, what have you been playing? I've been playing Rainbow Six Extraction, which I had to get on at Big Store because it's either Epic or Ubisoft, and I'll be damned if I go through Ubisoft Store. So, I've it's gone, I've actually, gone through Ubisoft store before. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just rather not touch it's like Ubisoft Epic went, store. Great idea! <laughs> I'm doing that. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's a fun game, especially when you play with friends. Um, it started, I guess, as a mod for Rainbow Six Siege, and it spawned off to its own game. Uh, this like virus slash alien substance took over a couple sites and then you have to send in a team of one to three to help carry out some objectives and then extract when you're done 
And what's cool about it, if your if player dies, they're stuck there. And then you have to run missions to save them. So then you can use them again. So it kind of has some like roguelike type elements to it that if your player gets too hurt, it takes a while for them to heal back up. So you can't use them for a couple missions. Or if they get captured, you have to get them back and then let them heal back up for you to use them again. Okay. So it's a lot of fun. I mean, they got the cosmetic stuff to, so you can spend money. And of course I did because some of the cosmetics are silly and I like it. Um, but you can level up each character up to 10 and then you have a max level. But if your characters get captured or die, you lose some level until you get them back and then you gain back that experience. So it's a lot of fun and it gets pretty hard. There's a couple of different levels of toughness and then the first one there's no mutations the second level there's like a 50 percent chance or 25 percent chance of a mutation and then it gets more crazy so they could leave trails of the sludge that slows you down or they can have these little yellow poison puff things that get on you and if you don't hit it off in time you get blinded and poisoned so it's fun i definitely would recommend it whenever the friend pass comes out uh, for some stupid reason, they didn't do the friend pass when the game launched. Mm, okay. Or buddy pass. So whenever that's up, I can invite two people to play over two weeks with. But I think it's also on the Xbox Game Pass right now. So. Gotcha. Okay. I think it's definitely worth a, a look. That's it? That's it. Okay, Colin, you're up. When I'm not being absolutely tortured by working in ass-cold temperatures combined with <clears throat> truck issues, many of which caused by said ass-cold temperatures, and having short staff due to Omicron variant on top of big-ass snowbanks that extend six feet or more onto the roads. Thanks, snowplow drivers. Got a good visual going here. Okay, go on. <laughs> when that's not all happening, I've played a couple of games here and there. On a side note, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I'm actually missing the blistering hot and humid weather of summer. No. At least in no, that you weather, are, the no, roads you are, are clear. Not. No. <laughs> you, you are not missing that. <laughs> At least in that weather, the roads are clear. Uh, How humid does it get up there? Not really. Oh, it can get pretty damn humid. Joey, he don't know. I mean, we don't mind him. <laughs> I live on I live on the shores of the Great Lakes for fry for fuck's sakes. How humid. But anyway, as for the games I've been playing, <laughs> I've mostly been playing Os Tatakai Oandan, the precursor to Elite Beat Agents. I'm having a great time with it. <clears throat> and I've unlocked the hardest difficulty, which has you playing as the female cheerleaders this time around. And just like with EBA, it's hard as balls, but in a fun way that gets my blood pumping. The only sticking point is that, unlike Elite Beat Agents, you can't skip straight to the gameplay of each song. So when you start up the stage, you have to go through all of the lead-up, which is especially frustrating with the final level, which has the longest lead-up of them all. Although, the final level is set to Ready, Steady, Go by Lark on Seal, and I really like that song, so it gets a little bit of leeway. Fun fact, for those who don't know, Ready, Steady, Go is the second opening song for the original Full Metal Alchemist anime. So, as such, it has a special place in my heart. And 
Yes, JD, I also played a little bit of Xenoblade Chronicles. Hey, alright. I gotta get my drop ready. Hold on. I was looking I was I was trying to get the average humidity comparison between Houston and Toronto. <laughs> Just so Joey has a visual ah, yeah. in his head. <laughs> I know very exciting <laughs> very exciting stuff for a video game podcast. <laughs> it is <laughs> Hey, it's gonna be at least eighty percent humidity in like the next five days here. Yeah, in the middle of winter. <laughs> And that's good humidity because that doesn't feel like anything. So uh, to give you concept, Joey, just as as I'm pulling up the drop, the maximum humidity that Toronto reached last year was 82. And that was in October. That's a nice day. It's a beautiful day. Colin, for your perspective, imagine 120 (laughs) percent. Yeah, I felt it. Uh, Sweating buckets and barely having the energy, but I'll take that over. (laughs) Freezing my ass off and steering around big-ass snowbanks. Obviously, rain is 100% for those that want to get cute with, like, technicalities. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got the drop ready. You ready, Colin? In 11 seconds. Ready. And you're on. All right. <clears throat> yep. So I'm at a point in Xenoblade Chronicles. They've gotten to this big, glowy river of energy. I, I guess you could call it the life stream or something. Story's moving a little bit slow at this point, but there's still enough excitement to power through. They've just met up with this other old dude who's kind of a grouch, wants to... Go <clears throat> full pedal to the metal against all the all the robots who have taken over a certain colony. And now, and then Shulk sees another vision of him possibly dying. So, that'll be interesting to see. One thing I gotta say, though, I don't think I like Shulk as a character. So far, he has left zero impression on me. I mean, as bland, generic RPG protagonists go, he's one of the least memorable I've ever seen. And that's saying something. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I see that. I mean, even even some silent protagonists have more personality than this guy. I mean, Chrono from Chrono Trigger didn't say a word, but I still got an idea of the kind of person he was. Plus, I'm sick of Shulk. Constantly shouting, we can definitely do this in the middle of battle. Bro, that is like, an issue with all Xenoblade games. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Do you not remember my uh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X review? Or have you ever Barely, seen video I... game Donkey like completely dunk on that game? <laughs> I have not. So I just remember you talking about it. Oh, yeah. The, the repetition of voices in that game is grating. It is atrociously terrible it's it's throughout the entire series great that's just what i needed yeah oh yeah no i i would i would put the game in japanese to not hear the horrible british dubs on repeat (laughs) yeah i was just gonna say the the english voices having british accents kind of threw me off i think it's bad (laughs) yeah maybe i should do that just switch it to japanese yeah i i would recommend that makes the game better I'll definitely look into that after after the cast. 
Okay. And from that, I'm st- I'm still having fun with it. I mean, it's still still got that battle system similar to Final Fantasy XII, but it's a little more involved because if you're too far away from a certain enemy, you can't pull off special moves to attack it. So I'm I'm still interested to see where everything goes. Okay. And that's pretty much all I've got to say there. All right. Uh, does that do it for us? Uh, now we can get into our retro games? Sure, I oh, guess. Oh, boy. No, virus protection software. No, go away. <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and I hate Joey that. Just, Joey shall be back momentarily. No, nah, he's back. He's good. I'm back, man. I got my car. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> let's see music what do we play what do we do what do we do trauma the center maybe? pokemon drop you got pokemon drop don't I you i do have a pokemon drop i guess that makes sense lame <laughs> <laughs> hey you haven't used it in a long time true you should do, <clears throat> do you have a digimon drop i'm sorry joey what did you say do you have a Digimon drop? You should have done a Digimon drop. I do not have a Digimon drop. You should have got a Digimon drop. Why would I have a Digimon drop? I don't like Digimon. Yeah, but it's better than a Pokemon drop. Digimon is lame. How about that for an answer? Take that. You prefer Pocket Monster over a digital monster? Yeah, I do. Who's carrying the po- see, Pokemon? Don't even go pockets see, anyway. Digimon was the original NFT, and I do not support NFTs. But Pokemon don't even go into pockets. They go into balls. They should be called ball monsters. The, the, mm. Balls go in your pocket, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, different kind of balls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have fun. We have fun here. <laughs> so the first game, uh, so Pokemon Gold game. and Silver. <laughs> do you want to do that one first? Uh, yeah, we're going to do Pokemon Gold and Silver first. Okay, we'll do that one first. Yeah, that's the one I played first. So damn it, we're talking about it first. It uh, came out in 99 in Japan, uh, 2000 in NA and AU, and 2001 for EU, because they like to get shit slow. Um, developed, of course, by Game Freak and published by Nintendo. Um, this game was very easy. I don't know if you guys thought so, but it's definitely early game Pokemon. All you need is one Pokemon to run through everything. <clears throat> so I did the fire Pokemon and just... Literally beat everybody without even having any risk. But I think it added one aspect that the first gen didn't have that I absolutely hate. And I know a lot of other Nintendo games do it is game times one to one to real time. Oh, and yeah. I absolutely hate that. Yep. Yeah. I hate that so much, especially because it's a Game Boy Color game. And now I have to sit there and wait for nighttime to catch some certain Pokemon or like that's so stupid. And I know Animal Crossing does it because it used to piss me off when Megan would play it because whatever that shop is, that <laughs> oh, it closes at 8. Okay, you can only play at 8, so I guess you're never going to be able to shop because this game hates you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, just the thing is, Joey, that means you have to bring it to work and on your lunch break, I know it's stupid. I won't even go there. Because <laughs> so, I, I, sa- I was the same way for a while with, uh, with Animal Crossing. Yeah. 
Didn't Shenmue do the whole uh Dude, we'll game get to, to fucking Shenmue. <laughs> you don't you don't you worry <laughs> about fucking Shenmue. <laughs> well now I'm worried about Shenmue. Oh, you should be worried about <laughs> Shenmue. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, uh, good coincidence, uh, Shenmue anime is coming out. I believe it's going to be on Netflix. I think it starts like next month. Is Netflix? I thought it was anim- uh, anim- <laughs> Adult Swim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw it on Adult Swim for a commercial. Yeah, it's like, huh, what a coincidence. Yeah, because I, I posted that Discord when I saw that. I'm like, oh, what good timing. <laughs> maybe, maybe I heard that like months ago. And then just like, oh, we should do Shenmue. Yes, on the next podcast, we're doing Shenmue. <laughs> okay, back to Pokemon Gold and Silver. Yeah. Um, well, I guess technically Crystal's also Gen 2, but we didn't play that one. Um, I, I don't know. This thing just felt like the first gen with time. I did like the addition of berries and Pokemon holding stuff. I think that was a good addition. And I think the breeding was okay. I don't think it was too complex. Like it gets crazy in later games, but hatching eggs and all that was a pretty good addition. But that time is just so dumb. I hate it so much that I think I hate this game just because of it. Uh, yeah. If, if time would go by much quicker, I think I'd have a different opinion over that. I do agree. What I think, because this theme is, was it enough? And I do remember the post-game of Pokemon Gold very vividly. The main game is very thin, I thought. Uh, all the gym leaders, they tried to change it up uh, with different types, which I appreciate. However, they all used basically Gen 1 Pokemon, which I thought was kind of lame, because the whole purpose of, at least in the... Look, I just I just played Pokemon Sword, and... I thought they had a good variety. Like their main one would usually be some sort of new Pokemon, new gen, and then they'd kind of mix it up with past gens uh, in their uh, on their teams. This one was just straight up all like old, uh, just the previous one. So I go, okay, so what's the point? Well, one of the big criticisms of this game is all the new gen Pokemon are kind of weak and have bad stats, so no one ends up using them <laughs> to go through the game. Mm-hmm. And I totally see that. So I just want to keep using the first gen. And I think games like this kind of attribute to everyone just really wants gen one all the time. That mentality. And it's kind of reasons why this one exists that help 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 attribute negatively to that. Uh, no one wants the new ones. They want the old ones again. Over and over again. The well, before I, I go on into the, the, the whole post game thoughts, uh, the Main game, yeah, I do agree. It's pretty easy. Uh, yeah, if you choose anything fire, you pretty much nerf through everything without issue. I always choose grass, so it makes things a little bit tougher at the start all the time. <laughs> I would have done that, but I was just trying to get through as much content as I could for the podcast. So that's why I was like, let me go fire and see how well it does. And I yeah. think I went through two gyms in under an hour. Oh, yeah, it takes like no time at all. Yeah. Uh, Colin, thoughts? I only played like maybe an hour, just over an hour. Oh, so you beat three like gym a, leaders. <laughs> I I only got as far as the first gym leader. Ah, oh, this guy. You hear yeah. this guy, Joey? Ah, oh. boo. I can see it. 
probably as busy level up as Pokemon. No, I leveled my I leveled my Cyndaquil to level ten, but still didn't quite manage to beat the guy. But I was just kind of going through the motions just so I could just for the cast because. Like I said, never did play these ones. Furthest I went was Pokemon Yellow. I saw oh, the new yeah, features. Yeah, I do remember you saying that you just you just don't play the Pokemon games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said at the beginning of the cast, too. Well, so. yeah, but I, for some reason in my head, I'm still like, oh, well, of course, he still like played some of them. <laughs> not to, not to nope. say you don't like them. Whatever, whatever, go on. I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, I guess one thing I kind of liked was that at the beginning of the game, there was more of a sense of urgency than in Red, Blue, and Yellow. Because, like, in Red, Blue, and Yellow, you're just collecting Pokemon to fill out the Pokedex and become a Pokemon master along the way. But in Gold and Silver, there's an immediate goal right off the bat. Go visit Mr. Pokemon. Gee, what a creative name. Yeah, assholes. You see why he keeps bothering Professor Elm. And then after that, there's this, I guess, your rival character who stole something from Professor Elm. And then I I guess there's a reason to go get it back. (laughs) I mean, it always kind of bothers me when certain stories or sequels don't or sequels thereof don't have any real sense of urgency. Which may be one of the reasons why I didn't like uh, Neo, The World Ends With You as much as the original. Or even why I didn't like Kingdom Hearts 3 as much as the first two. Because there, I I didn't really feel any sense of urgency. It's like, go find the power of waking and just go by the seat of your pants. There's no real... I didn't really feel like there was a true goal in mind that required immediate attention. Which is one thing I like about this game compared to Red, Blue, and Yellow. Found it a bit annoying that I couldn't get any Pokeballs to catch Pokemon for the first half hour or so. Yeah, I didn't like yeah, that I either. That was annoying too. There's actually more about Gold and Silver that I do not like, and a lot of a lot of our issues were fixed in Heart Gold, Heart Silver, the remakes that they did later on. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's totally better, but they did fix a lot. Where I, one of my other main issues with the main game is, okay, the the first game uh, had the Team Rocket element kind of scattered throughout it. You you'd encounter them. I mean, shit. There's a there's a whole essentially level in Pokemon Red where you're going through the department store or whatever it was, and you're just fighting Team Rocket members all the way to the top. The last gym leader is part of Team Rocket. You get the idea. This one, it really puts in a lot of, like, culture into the world and lore, which is really cool. They just didn't do a whole lot with it, and then they have this villainous Team Rocket there as well, but they're, like, they're only in the game, like, three or four times. And... It's a long time in between you uh, encountering them. So they're essentially a non-entity, which I was really disappointed. You have all this culture and lore, and Team Rocket is introduced as this big bad evil, but you never encounter any of that. It's, it's, pre- it's, it's, a very, it's It was a huge misstep 
and one of the things in later Pokemon games I still think they don't do quite enough is is the 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 main bad enemy Team Rocket esque team that is part of the story of your journey. I think definitely there could be a lot more done with that in Pokemon games, and this is probably the most egregious example of it all is what they did with the lack thereof of Team Rocket. I gotcha. Yeah, I, I actually watched like half of a, a YouTube video that did a retrospective on gold and silver. And yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he, the guy pointed out that the, the Johto region, which is where gold and silver takes place, felt had more of a natural element to it, just like more close to nature in each dwelling and such, as opposed to Kanto in red and blue, which is where, which had a lot of like, big built up cities and such that was kind of a kind of an interesting way of looking at it but all the same <clears throat> it seems like the game just after the whole after the first hour or so it's just it's supposed to be very relaxed and i don't know i don't know for a game like this i don't really i don't really like that i want to I want to know there's something that requires my attention that to make me want to keep playing. And then I can discover the lore along the way if I so choose. Just so, how Red and Blue did it. <clears throat> all right. So ba back uh, finally uh, to the post game comment. Which I was saving for about now. Okay. A lot of people have heavy, heavy positive nostalgia for Heart and Gold. Or heart, uh, I'm sorry, gold and silver, because of the post game. Uh -huh. It has nothing to do with really the main game. The post game is really, really good. So you go okay. through the entire main game, get all your badges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The post game in entails now being able to get more of the second gen Pokemon that you couldn't get before. So it's all locked out. I think that's stupid. <laughs> I think you need or should have all the new Pokemon be pro a primary part of the main game, not the post-game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The... Yeah, so you... you um, I'm trying to remember if the post-game includes the Elite Four or Trouncing Team Rocket or both or what... what the, the point is, you go back into essentially the original Red and Blue game and then you in encounter red the character from the original game as like the final super final boss so you okay. have this you have yet another journey to go on hitting on the nostalgia factor of the first game reiterating <laughs> the fact that this new one is second place in a hard second place even just comparatively is it done very well for the post game? Yes. That is the whole reason why you play this. You go through the main game as kind of like a side quest to get back to the first one. <laughs> I personally see that as a negative, despite the game being very good in that part. But come on, let's do better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, just play Crystal because it has all that plus the Pokemon Stadium like fights that they added so like i think crystal just makes the gold and silver obsolete 
Absolutely what? Obsolete, sorry, not absolute. Oh. So it's just like, what's the point of playing those two when you can just play Crystal? Like, hey, here you go. Play this game. That's pretty much those two games, but better and more. Yeah. So uh, Sounds about right. Yeah. Joey, I am going to fail Pokemon Gold and Silver. I don't think it did enough. I think it did less. <laughs> yeah, I think the time makes it worse. I think the breeding and berries and holding on for Pokemon is good, but the time stuff and everything else just wasn't enough, so I also fail it. Um, I'm not sure whether to pass or fail it. I guess I'll just barely pass it. I mean, because it's playable and it's pretty much the first game but with more more stuff to do so i don't fault it for that but that's just me again don't put too much stock in what i say when it comes to pokemon i'm putting all the stock into it <laughs> yes well then you're a f well then you're a fool <laughs> game boy color version of pokemon gold goes for about 45 dollars these days it's uh not the cheapest thing, much like a lot of the old Pokemon Not games. worth it. The Heart Gold version on Nintendo DS is like $95. <laughs> so... Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Wow. Oh, yeah. They're expensive, man. They're not cheap. They're not cheap. Pokemon is, uh... I don't know if you know this, but Pokemon is very popular. <laughs> Wait, really? I thought it was a little really? thing that like I was like one of ten people that knew about it. Yeah, yeah. You th you see a lot of people think it, it it kind of just disappeared a little bit after Red and Red and Blue. That not true. They made many sequels after that. <laughs> Why would they do that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I thought Digimon like really overtook them. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Art that of the digital monster. Yeah, uh, the future of NFTs. <laughs> the next game joey uh madden nfl 2005 all right <clears throat> which actually i mean they didn't add much offense but they did a lot on defense for this game yes where you can actually i think it's the first game where you can actually like set uh plays or defensive styles to how you want to do each down which i can't even think about playing a football game without that, that okay just seems do you know why really they annoying. incorporated that into 05 no michael vick because he broke 2004? Correct. So uh, if you guys remember when we covered Madden 2004, our big thing was basically Bo Jackson, a.k.a. Michael Vick, uh, pretty much ruined a lot of aspects of the game because of just his running ability. So they worked tirelessly in 05 to combat Michael Vick. And that led to the innovation of the defense aspect of this game, which... And probably the hit stick. The hit stick is amazing. Hit stick is awesome, yeah. I think that alone makes this game worth it. That's that's a lot of fun. I also like that they added the EA radio. They added like all the that new was, stuff around I believe that was in the last game. The EA radio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think they added What's-His-Face talking on it, which I think was a big thing. That yeah, one guy's uh, oh, show thing. Yeah, what was his name? Um... um they had all that new stuff. So you only get newspapers, national or local, even though it showed like an old shitty phone from the time. 
Oh, that's okay. That's fine. You read it on. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I think the defense did enough that the game, I think, is more playable than 2004. Um, I mean, with the offense not changing, it just seems like it's a nice upgraded 2004. Would I say buy both of them? No. Uh, but I would say if you're going to have to choose one, this one would definitely be better than 2004. Mm. It's everything 4 did, but with more additions. Um, I also like that you could do a training camp on franchise, mm-hmm, so you yep. could upgrade your players. So that was that was nice. Although some of the training camp stuff was hard for me for some reason. I would be in the right area, and my guy decided not to catch the ball. So Andre Johnson, what were you doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, I had to create a fan, so you can create like super fans that were just ridiculous. So. Which I don't think you can do in modern games, which is sad. You can't do a lot of things in the modern games. Um, this one I think added online leagues or just regular leagues. So, okay, so the was, e- the EA Radio guy was uh, Tony Bruno, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony yeah. Bruno. That was that's a very cool aspect of the game that, uh, of course, they ended up taking away, like many other features. <laughs> yeah. I think this was still before the time where they did like cards so you can build team of the weeks or whatnot. I think there were cards in this game. Yeah, I'm, but... I, so there's uh, there's a list of all of the modes in this game I'm I'm looking for right now. So when I uh, find it, I'll let you know. I should I didn't write it down. I just didn't. So bear bear with me on that. But uh, you can collect cards in this, and what what the cards do is they give your players um, attribute boosts. Uh, heading into things like franchise mode and whatnot, which is really yeah, cool. It wasn't like it is today where you have to pay for this. Hey, I got this 99 Tom Brady that I'm going to use and destroy everybody with. So, I don't know. This game did a lot of things right, and it just felt nice. Like, even running and tackling just felt kind of natural. So, I really enjoyed the game. All right, Colin, Mr. Mr. Sportsman, of course, extraordinaire. <laughs> what did you th- What did you think of Madden 2005? I was only able to watch YouTube videos of this one, so again, don't put too much weight in what I say. I mean, <clears throat> it looked it looked good. I mean, it looked like uh, looked same as 2004, kind of, but with other stuff involved. I mean. For one thing, the button prompts that appear above players who are open for passes. Was that a thing in 2004? I that's can't been that's been a thing in most Madden games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh it's basically a toggle now. You don't need it there, but it's but it's Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I like the uh the in-game radio show with Tony Bruno. That was that was a nice touch. And in the video I watched, they mentioned that you could actually import players from NCAA 2005 into this game and continue their careers. Yes, I wanted to talk about that. That is such an amazing feature that should be in like every sports game in some capacity. So uh, <laughs> I'm very glad you brought that up because I used to buy sports games annually, like especially in the early to mid 2000s. Joey, remember this? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And we played the shit out of these things. And one of the best aspects was you're in franchise mode. And when you get to the offseason, you can import uh, draft classes. 
This game goes it goes a step further where you buy the fucking college game, you play through a season, and you can import those players. That is like taking it next level. That is sick. I'm not even a, like a football fan, but these games are so much fun. The So what a lot of these other games would do, NBA, uh, uh, NHL, you could import uh, a, a dra- like you would make a draft class. This got like crazy later on. You'd make a draft class online on the website, stick a USB drive in, and then import it into your class uh, in the game. Or the game would randomly create a team that you can then, s- or a, a, a class, then you, then that you could then save to use in future franchise modes that you play. Say that, oh, I really like that class. I want to try to recruit that guy or, 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 or get him in a round. I have to trade up because I know that guy is going to be, you get the idea there. Uh, they innovated on it further in later ones where people online would make draft classes and you could just, and when I say online, I'm talking like online, uh, the co- the console online, where you could just get onto PlayStation Network or Xbox Live or whatever, and take their draft classes and put it on. Very cool. Using a a, a college football game is such like you know how much money is just in that because these Madden games may like sold so crazy well that you put that in. That's an extra game people want to buy. And those games were good, too. <laughs> Honestly, NCAA was better than Madden towards the end until they weren't allowed to make anymore. No, 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 no. Uh, sp- well, speaking of um, that aspect of not making them anymore, also during this time was something a few of our friends uh, also had, Joey. And I remember these conversations at school. Which was better, Madden 05 or 2K5? But I think this is the last year of it because after this, EA got the exclusive rights. Correct. So if you look at a side by side from like 2002 to 2005, the 2K games were gaining ground. And this was the final year. And this was the, like the closest 2K ever came to, to Madden. Um, didn't it come out a month early and like half the price? Uh, yeah, I think it was like 30 bucks and, the, and no, was this, was See, 2K20 was 20 and bucks. Madden was 30 or Madden something? Madden was 50. Madden was 50. Yeah. So something like that. And two, the 2K game was regarded as, was uh, better graphics, smoother gameplay. Uh, it, it was, is essentially the winning 11 to FIFA. A lot of aspects were way better, uh, except Madden had the franchise mode. Yeah, Madden reduced the price to 30 after this game dropped a month early. Right. So they, they were definitely scared of it. Oh, yeah. They, they were terrified of, of the ground 2K was making because the presentation was better, graphics were better, gameplay was smoother. But Madden's advantage was the name, the establishment, and it's, it's, uh, it's crazy in-depth franchise mode. Much like kind of FIFA. So the amount of modes in this game... Uh, let me run through this. This is Madden 05. Play now, franchise mode, tournament, mini games, practice with situation mode, create a team, create a playbook, create a player, create a fan, historic teams, Madden cards, <laughs> all in the game, on release, with competition, 
that people were thinking it's better. And why is this? Because competition is important. <laughs> yeah, it sucks that once they got exclusive, they stopped trying. And once they went online and they made a lot of money, who gives a shit about everything else in the game? Oh, yeah, they've uh, just gotten super, super progressively worse. That, like, I, miss, I, I, I miss franchise mode with a good franchise mode that actually has updates. Yeah. I don't think anything changed in the past 10 years. Dude, I got this game on PlayStation 2. Uh, and I want to see what like the GameCube version is as well. Like, for I'm just super curious about a side by side comparison. They're they're out there. Don't get me wrong, but the PlayStation Two game uh, and the GameCube game they're like three bucks. They're super cheap. <laughs> like, you could. Get, there's so many of these. You and should get the DS version. There's a DS version of Madden. This is the first Madden game they really released on DS as a launch title. That sounds so addicting, just doing Apparently, franchise mode. Even a Game Boy Advance. No, 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 I won't do oh, No, I'll, I'll skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, franchise mode, Colin, is... Uh, are you familiar with franchise modes, like, in sports games in general? Like, the concept of it? Is it, like, the, uh, the main campaign, or is it just, like, managing a team? Uh, both. So, you manage a team, you play through a season, you can uh, trade players... Uh, like create a player, get them in there, get historical players inside of franchise mode. There's draft, there's drafting, there's and and they keep they keep going with it and innovating from uh, working with player contracts, recruiting players, uh, signing players mid season. You name it. it, it's like all there, and all of these like super in depth aspects have like disappeared over the last year over year like just more things keep disappearing and i think a lot of that has to do with the lack of competition and the exclusive contract that nfl signed with ea and uh, madden ea after this game that's a real shame because then 2k just disappeared immediately because they didn't have the license anymore And this is this is like coming from a not not a football fan, and I think this game is phenomenal. Like, isn't that crazy? I guess that's good back then. Mm. Man, there's 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 a lot we could break down. Uh, one thing that's interesting is the hit stick, Joey. You mentioned how like awesome it is. So, uh, Colin, imagine. You do remember the arcade games like NFL Blitz and uh, like NBA Jam and stuff? Yeah. So the hit stick originally, uh, inv- at least from what my, my understanding and reading is the hit stick was meant there to incorporate higher defense to stop like running plays like Michael Vick and, and whatnot. Players with high speed, if you follow. So you time the right analog stick to crack into a player. And if you time it perfectly enough you like knock the helmet off you know there are things that visualize how hard you hit him uh and if you it could it could also lead to an injury a flag or whatnot but maybe you want to injure the player to take him out of the game so you don't have to worry about the guy anymore (laughs) so you take you take the penalty situation uh well (laughs) fun fact the nfl didn't like that it it uh it encouraged violence to their game because during this time they were and and still to this day it's like oh no this isn't a violent sport no 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 you can't do that so they took it away they're the hit stick's still there but it, it doesn't have the 
impact that it had in 2005. Isn't that dumb? I think it's dumb. It's a video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The franchise mode, I could just... I, I might end up getting the DS version now because that is a pick-up-and-play-and-relax situation there. I love franchise mode in sports games. To this day, I still pop open uh, my PS3 and throw in like NBA 2K8 with its franchise mode. And I just play that. That was like my college right there with like five friends. We all pick a team and we all go through franchise mode, simulate most games. We play against each other with those games. We try to get a good draft class. This Madden is no different than all that. That is fantastic. Look at me gushing about football. Crazy. (laughs) To think of a game like that was still good today. Yeah, it's a bummer because if like even with hockey or baseball, they've they've kind of gotten it a little bit with with uh, gotten back to that with baseball. Some of the MLB games, the show. No, I actually played the show uh, from the Xbox Xbox pass on the cloud. I think it was 20, maybe 21. Yeah. And it, it just felt all right. I don't know. No, it's really... no. Don't don't get me wrong. It's still missing a lot of those good elements, but they're coming back to adding them again and creating new modes for it. Which I hope th- I ho- I really hope these sports games get back to what we all liked about them in the early to mid two thousands. Yeah, just give me a good be a pro or franchise or whatever the hell you want to call it, and I'll definitely buy the game. Hell, if you do yearly and you increase that, I'll buy every year. Yeah, you just keep adding to the franchise mode. But they don't, so I don't give a shit. No, what they do is they keep adding more trans uh, microtransactions, adding online play uh, with microtransactions involved. Uh, it's it's a, it's a mess. Uh, and replaying 04 and then playing 05, which Ray Lewis is on the cover, by the way, because defense is important. <laughs> Love it. It just reiterates how bad the sports games have gotten 15 years later. If you guys don't have any further too thoughts, bad. I give this game an S. Mm. I pass it, give it an S <clears throat> right then and there. I definitely pass it. I definitely pass it. I was on I the pass it. of giving it an Even S. Even considering but... I didn't play. <laughs> it's a fun game. It's definitely a fun game. So go ahead and what's your grade for Pokemon Silver then since you already graded Madden? Yeah. Uh so I gave yeah, so I gave I give uh, Madden S, I pass it. I failed Pokemon Gold Silver. Didn't love them. I'll, I'll grade it on the aspect of was it enough? No. Madden, obviously, yes. They added a lot of elements to it and more and made it better. Uh Pokemon I will give a I'll give it a C. But it's a C minus, which would fail in at least most of the places I went to school. <laughs> Fair enough. I actually have the same grades as you. <laughs> Pokemon Silver is a C, but a failing C. I mean, there is a game there, but it is definitely not worth it. It's not enough for the previous generation. Uh, Madden 2005 definitely was worth it and did enough. And I was on a fence between an A and an S, but 
with all you talking about and bringing all back memories, definitely going to be an S. Yeah, I just don't know. Even with technology of what where 2005 was, I don't know what they like with all like and, th- and that this really makes me want to go in depth and playing 2K5 because I only watched videos of comparing it because it was such a, a pivotal time in, in sports video games. I think I think we should mark down like competitive sports games as a future cast and 2K5 should definitely be on there. Maybe I'll do that for my next theme. Yeah, the I, other game. I think yeah, the the other game. Yeah, Colin, what you got? I give Pokémon Gold and Silver a C and Madden an A. Okay. So, uh C and C and S overall. Uh okay. All right. So our next theme, good theme today, Joey. I, I really enjoyed talking about these these two games here. Yeah, I mean, I guess for Colin, it kind of sucks. Series he doesn't care about in a sports game. <laughs> well, Colin's yeah. theme pick is is coming up soon enough. He can uh, he can bury us with with games he likes for once. How about that? I was, I was honestly pondering whether or not to just. <laughs> Just say I wasn't available for today. If I, <laughs> if I, if I say managed to get a date or something, but that didn't happen. So here I am. <laughs> Sorry, can't make the podcast. I have. I uh, didn't want to play Itis. <laughs> didn't want to play Itis. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad disease. Uh, nobody likes it. Uh, otherwise my... known as, otherwise known as a serious case of who gives a fuck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But hey, uh, good good uh, ratings nonetheless. I would definitely recommend picking up Madden 2005 immediately, especially if you have a uh, a DS, which I will be doing. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it plays on the DS. So you have to let me know. Yeah, I'm, I mean, for five bucks, it's worth a try. Yeah. Next theme pick is mine. It is called Cinematic Story. And we'll be playing... The very first Yakuza on the PS2. I've only played the remakes, so that's going to be interesting. See how how it holds up on an older console. And, as we mentioned, Shenmue on the Dreamcast. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's going to be a trip. And I'll be right after my birthday. So, happy birthday to me. Hey, today's Megan's birthday. Oh, well, tell her, tell her a uh, happy birthday for me, Joey. I told her I'd give her a shout out so she has to listen to this. So ah! happy birthday, Megan. <laughs> As always, see you next time. Bye. Bye now. <laughs>